Hey there. Happy Friday. Only a few more days until we're back on YouTube. And it's all good. We needed a break anyway, so it's all good. God bless you guys. Oh, and God bless you people for praying that on us. God says you reap what you sow. Anyway, God bless you. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. Good to see you guys. We're going to be reposting the uh, all the, the, the last two revs on Facebook. Excuse me, and on YouTube uh, next week. Next Tuesday, we'll be back up. And so, um, and you know, it's interesting. It's been, there's been a whole lot of things going on right now in the body. A lot of ice storms and stuff like that right now, as far as our, our surroundings with where God has us in the state of Texas. But, um, so we're just cleaning up to what's been going on in our surroundings with weather wise, but I hope you're doing better than us. Um, and there's a whole lot going on in the body. So I got a whole lot of things to say today. And if you're busy with your weekend already, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you catch our replay, but we always appreciate you tapping in on the 50 minute rev. And I'm sorry for you guys who missed us on our live, our live view. So we'll get you your replays next Tuesday, but let's jump into the word today, for the 50 minute rev. And it's talking about power shifts for the new move ministers, undefeatable and God's hand of power in this hour. It's exactly what God was telling me the last two years. Uh, actually the last year and a half is what he was going to do. If people didn't change and allow him to, uh, change their hearts into more loving hearts. So they're actually reaping what they've sown and they're stepping in, uh, into a powerless position. So that's kind of a scary place to be, but, um, I've, I've never been into the fake holy and many of the body are stuck there thinking that they're okay, but their dysfunction speaks otherwise within the true natures of their heart conditions. And so that's all now being revealed. And so we're seeing, a lot of people stuck in the flesh instead of walking by love's spirit. And so when, when God clearly tells us that we should know his true believers and would know his true believers by their love. And so the leaders, for those of you still stuck in the spirit of religion, God's been telling you the whole time, uh, you need to get up, you need to get out, you need to get your sheep free. This is that. And so don't hate on me. I'm just telling you what the Lord's telling me in this hour. And so if any other leader, by the way, and I want to point this out to you um, for leaders in this hour too, as well, because of the heart condition of the sheep, and we're seeing 75% stuck in this apparatus of religion in the flesh. Let me stress the flesh. The flesh always reaps a bad harvest. It always reaps a bad harvest. And so I want to just tell you a truth about a few things here real quick before I jump into the message. If anybody's trying to get you to do their dirty work for them, the Bible clearly states that we're not to be uh, cursing each other. We pray blessings. We bless one another. You can't curse what God has blessed. Um, but you're also not to be picking up other people's offenses and misunderstandings, but to let those people work out those things with God in themselves. If you have aught with your brother, you go to your brother. If you have the courage to face your own heart condition, I want to stress that too. So the other part of it states that when people try to turn brothers against brothers, they're if they're even saved at all, it's as the sin of witchcraft, i.e. Jezebel, the mother of religion. So if Jezebel is trying to get you to do its dirty work, that's its main mode of op. Sorry, my, my animal's acting up. My dog's acting up. But um, it's, it's, it's its main mode of op. And so it's, it, it tries to pit Jezebel's main mode of op as if it can't control you or beat you down. It will try to turn other people against you to justify its own heart's condition or its own sin. Don't get caught up in that. Hey, Sonia, um, can y'all pray for my, can y'all pray for my dog, please? 
that she calms down. Um, but thank you. But it's its main mode of op. It's trying to force you into that apparatus of religion. I just want to make a note to self for all you religious people out there. I ain't conforming to the demon on you. Y'all can go to hell all by yourself. I'm not going with you. So I'm getting free like God told me to be. And that's a pretty scary place for you to be because that's on a freight train to hell. Jezebel's the front runner for the Antichrist spirit. So if you're manipulative and controlling, you've got some issues you need to work out PDQ with the Lord so that you can get on heaven's train, on the freight train to heaven. And I'm not afraid to tell you that. You may not like me. You may not like my style. Take it up with God. I don't care. Don't give a rat's rear. So here we go. Let's jump into this conversation. Since a good name and a person's good reputation is of a valuable thing, it can be ruined through slanderous lips. God considers it evil and he hates it, according to James three fifteen through 16. If you're a slanderous person and you don't like other people and you like to run your mouth and put your mouth on other people, God says, this is an hour you don't want to be doing that because I will hold you accountable. You will reap what you sow. And so, on one second. Let me get some help from somebody in my atmosphere real quick here. Hang on one second. Hold on. So my dog wants to go out in the other area, but she can't. She's going to have to stay with me through the duration of this. Sorry about that. That's just a distraction. Let's get back on track. So this is the time from which we now all live. Where Isaiah 3, 5 tells us that people will oppress one another. And a man will be against a man, neighbor against a neighbor. The young will rise up against the old and the base against the honor. We're seeing people's heart conditions in this hour. We're seeing who's who and who is actually operating in the true heart of God versus those who are just living a fake life and wanting to do their own thing. And so... It's imperative right now. Hold on, I'm getting some help. <laughs> um, hang on. If, if my helper, my help helps me. They may. They may not. They may not. Uh-oh. Hang on one second. So anyway, it's imperative who we're connected to in this hour because you become who you hang around. You become who you hang around. And if you're letting people let you do their dirty work for them, you become just as dirty as they are. And not to mention the fact you're going to reap their harvest because God holds you, uh, you hold, you're held liable for the sin of omission and the sin of commission. So these leaders, I don't care how big you think you are. God says, the higher you go, the harder you fall. And he's, he's adamant about it in this hour. So I'm just saying, knock yourself out. But I'm just, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. So this is based on Romans 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, you have no excuse, old man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, old man? You who judge those who practice such things and then do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. Woo! He's jumping into this truth, isn't he? Let's go into Romans 14, 1 through 4. As for, though, as for the one who's weak in faith, welcome him. Don't quarrel over opinions. 
One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? That's what God is saying. Who are you to pass judgment on God's servant? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for if the Lord is able to make him stand. And let's go into this, for if something's of God, you can't stop it. Hallelujah. Isaiah 14, 27, though, is the bad news for people who are caught up in judgment in this hour, you Pharisees. God says, if something's of God, you can't stop it. But if you continue on coming against it, I will punish you. I will punish you. So this is a hard word for the Pharisees today. For all of you religious people out there who think you're a tell-all, be-all, this word's for you. Before I get into that, though, I want to give you some encouragement for the people who are in alignment, rightly aligned. The Lord is finally removing all the spiritual schizophrenia from our atmospheres for with the true words of all the true prophets outside of the spirit of religion are finally hitting the third heavens. You want to know why they didn't hit the third heavens? Because of all the religious Pharisees, all the religious people stuck in an apparatus of religion where they pray spiritual schizophrenic prayers based on their flesh outside of the true Lord's decree, the true King's decree, because they're too lazy to go find out what God's actually saying about a matter. And God's saying, if you'd asked me, I would have told you. I have to get my mom to help me real quick here. Okay, so Mac, you may get help, you may not. <laughs> I can't leave. Okay, so this is the problem with why our prayers haven't been answered over the nation. And God's saying, when they release so much spiritual schizophrenia in the atmosphere, it creates confusion for God's angels because they, they're like, yes, no, maybe so. If not, we won't go. And they don't know whose word to answer because they're using the word of God illegally, these spiritual schizophrenics that are stuck in the flesh. And the, the, the word of God is powerful unless you're operating outside of God's will and you're operating and using it without God's will. So actually, this word, though, that came through from the Lord was music to my ears yesterday as the Lord showed me that our nation had shifted, as has all of the new move ministries. And God is wanting to help those wanting to listen. If you're willing to listen and grow, God's moving you back into alignment with love, which means you're fixing to start being a mover and a shaker in the kingdom of God. So. Our nation is finally shifting into revival alignment and back into the basics of love for those who will listen. So we're fixing to see a severe line of demarcation and a severe line between those operating in the truth and the lie because those operating in a lie are losing firepower. They may be using the word of God, but their words will start being cast down because if God didn't speak it, it has to fall to the ground. Thank you, God. And it's interesting, the past two days, I want to encourage you even further. Um, the Lord says that you should have been sensing a shift, a new shift upwards, as God is putting us back on top as a nation where the true saints are operating in the heart of God. They're starting to move into the heart of God. Hopefully that's you. As we've now stepped into heavenly places where we're beginning to fly spiritually, this spiritual shift is the place where we're beginning to see the turnaround. 
because we're beginning to actually take authority over all the spiritual schizophrenia that's been released over the true prophets of God and the true saints. And so for those of you whose words are getting cast down, because God's not obligated to uphold your word, he will uphold the word of the true saints, but he won't uphold the, this, the words out of the heart of an evil king, queen, or priest, or a Balaam's prophet. Those are the ones who's differentiating between me in this hour. Is that you? Because your, your sin will find you out. Your heart condition will find you out in this hour. So, in this new place of abounding, where God's true saints are going to rebound, you're going to see that all the past 30 years you've been going through have been a testing by fire to see how far you would climb up into the Lord's heart. Would you settle for the heart of Saul? Are you going to move into the heart of David? That's the key. Are you going to stop where you're at and settle for seconds? Are you going to move into the heavenly places God promised you you could be? Because many, the Lord says, have chosen to move into very high places of love. And if that's you, this word's for you. So the shifting has started. And you've also should have noticed that as God has brought us out of January, entering into February, this is the month of a double. Okay, You'll either get double for your trouble or you will inherit double trouble upon yourself for not listening to God. Double bad harvest or double good harvest. It's all up to you based upon what type of seeds you're sowing. Are you sowing evil seeds through bad prayers or godly seed through the king's decree? <clears throat> so every time we meet, this month, we should be asking God for double everything. <clears throat> Pardon me. In our gates, in our gifts, blessings, anointing, getting you ready for 2023. As you get ready to move through his heart again to come up higher into higher firepower. So you're also going to notice January and February are also kind of slow. This is the way it always is. There's nothing new about this. As God has us in rest mode, where we're beginning to get our new strength for this season back. And you should begin to get... Excuse me, you should begin to get your strength back from last season. I know a lot of people are suffering with burnout right now, and they're having a hard time understanding, you know, why they don't want to do this anymore. Well, really, who did? Who wants to continually be in war mode all the time? They're having to fight, but we're in a fight for our nation. So God is teaching us how to press on and how to move into endurance and fortitude so that our faith is expanded. That's what he's after. He's after your heart. He wants your heart expanded in love. And this is how he does it. This is how he expands himself within us. But you should begin to be getting your strength back from last season, but you still have to battle the burnout and learn to press through in order to come up above it. It's part of fortitude building. The enemy's also been hitting us in our thinking in our clocks and timing, organizational abilities, trying to put us in an old place spiritually to where if you found yourself looking back in time, make yourself stop. Quit looking back to Egypt. It has nothing to offer you. Make yourself continue to look forward. If you've been getting hit with this organization, the enemy's trying to rearrange your time to make you feel distracted, non-focused, trying to get you disconnected. But if you recognize the ebbs and flows of God versus the patterns of the enemy, you know when something's misaligned. Go fix it. Keep moving forward. But don't quit and give up. <clears throat> but it's in this place, the Lord says, that you have to pay attention to the ploys and the patterns of the enemy because we're still battling for the heart of the nation. 
but again we've shifted up so this is the best news of the day to me so naturally the warfare is going to be very very high because the occult knows it's them or us and it's not the devil's time says the lord it's mine a lot of people think that we're right at the end of time we're at the end we're at the end, end, end no we're not no we're not it's not the devil's time it's god's time the latter glory hasn't even come yet so quit siding with every every wind and doctrine that you hear and seek the Lord's true decree. Seek the king's decree. Find out what God has to say about a situation. It will get you out of fear. There's no fear in true love. Which brings us to Exodus 17, 8 through 19, 15. The word for the Pharisees. Uh, uh. We always have words for Pharisees, it seems like. And it's actually, this passage is actually talking about Esau fighting with Jacob again, if you know anything about the patterns and what goes on in the Bible. And it's predictable bad heart conditions still ruling in the body. It's really what it depicts. It happened in Israel. It'll happen today. It happened to Jesus. It'll happen to you. You're truly aligned with God. So we're now living in a season where the enemy and the occult is releasing everything they've got at the church. And the dysfunctional church is the only stupid one taking the bait. <laughs> I'm just calling it what it is. Because if you're going to choose to stay stuck on stupid, if you're going to choose to not learn about your flesh and not learn about your own triggers and not get free, then that's you. God's depicting you. Own it. Be accountable. Quit running from truth. But the dysfunctional church, church is taking this bait, hook, line, and sinker. So we can't help but see who's who. And where their spiritual maturity level is not in this hour. God's exposing all and their disobedience from past seasons when he told them to get cleaned up. And no one's, and I'm going to say this too. No one is bullying you and harassing you by telling you the truth. That's your perception of what you don't want to hear. Your perception is your reality. It may be skewed. It may be screwed. I don't know. You depict it. You decide. You're the one who chose to stand there, not me. But you need to learn the difference between the truth and a lie because the truth will always be the truth. And just because you don't want to hear it, you think that by uh, running away from it, it's going to change it. It will always be the truth. It will always bring you an outcome. Because if you don't choose to step into it, you will get the outcome of your bad choices, your bad seed sowing. If you choose not to change and be changed. So in this passage, then we're seeing Israel. And this, this absolutely astounds me, by the way. Israel had been delivered from the Egyptians, from Pharaoh. Um, they had taken a few plots of land. They had taken a few territories, a few of them. They crossed the Red Sea, and still they wanted to go back like a dog to their vomit because they were still practicing old ways and old behaviors. What got them stuck in the wilderness? Are you a wilderness wanderer? Are you stuck in your own ways, thinking that you know more than God? Because this is an hour right now where God's saying, it's my way or hit the highway. You're not coming up any higher unless you do things my way. And we're seeing that because of the loss of firepower. People are beginning to see it. Their prayers aren't working like they used to in past seasons. They can't bully and harass other people and play victim like they did. And then, what do they call that? When you project your stuff off on other people thinking, oh, we're going to point and redirect. We're going to redirect the focus off of us because we're the real we're the real terrorists or the real violent people, the real people preying on other people. We're going to hide like a coward over here and point it somewhere else. 
because that will negate our sin. No, it won't. You're still sowing a bad harvest. That's you. That's your choice, not mine. Knock yourself out. So here we go. In this particular passage, Israel had actually defeated the Egyptians, and they finally moved on, thank God. And But now they're having to contend with other enemies, the Amalekites, who didn't want them in their land. And so they inquired of the Lord to see who was who. Do you? They sought God to see how he wanted them to fight the battle because <clears throat> our battles differentiate when we deal with people, certain people. Unsaved people versus saved people. Your battle's going to change. Your, your approach to battle is going to change. So when ignorant religious Pharisees attack, most of them who don't know God or love, well, we call them Pharisees, um, but or immature believers. But when they do attack, they put their mouths usually on people. They don't know any better. So they're using the word of God illegally. They're using God's spirit. God is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. They're trying to say something that God didn't say. And they're trying to direct it in a way that God didn't pray. So they're putting their mouths on vessels in an unholy way, Aaron's sons, using strange fire, <clears throat> witchcraft, when they're not God. They're not God, which can get you judged, by the way. Because God's God, he's a God full of grace. But eventually, you can exhaust God's grace. And so, it's a way to begin, I'm going to be blunt about this, God will start kicking your rear all over the battlefield. Because he's going to teach you a lesson that only Jesus can teach a soul, Saul, when we persecute his people. Remember when God came to Saul, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Hi, Ida. Why are you persecuting my people? But, you know, we've, we've been experiencing this, I think, as a team. We've been wrong, wrongly persecuted by several individuals because they refuse to get cleaned up and accept God's will. They refuse to actually own their stuff. And so it's these types of wonderful personalities that I'm depicting in this hour. And they're full of hate. And they're actually serving a different master. We're seeing the master they serve. God said we know his true people by his love. So, you know, and I'm just being honest. So I'm just, I'm going to call things as they are today as what's been happening to us. That's the only perspective that I have actually to tell you from my perspective and what I've experienced. And I've, I've seen them. I've, I've been speaking to them on here. And all they do is become more enraged. They're full of violence. They're full of spewing venom. They're rattlesnakes. They're all rattlesnakes hidden in the body of Christ. We call them tares. Because whenever they bite into people with whatever they say, whether it's from a pulpit or whether it's from right beside somebody through prayer, it usually poisons everybody with leaven. It poisons the whole lot because then everybody's heart gets corrupted just like they are. They're usually Jezebels, by the way. Jezebel trying to get everybody to do its dirty work for them. So, you have to ask the king who people are to him. Don't go putting your mouth on people. I tell, I've told my, my, my team this, this team this. It's not actually my team. They're God's team. But we tell our teams this. And, it's, and I tell them, you better seek the Lord to ask him what he has to say about people. Don't just go attack them in battle. Ask God what he has to say. Ask him for his approach or guaranteed victory. But we... When we allow God to set our battle lines, 
God assures us that the end result will be very good for you. It will be very good for us. And so we've applied this with these various people because some of them are saved, some of them aren't. And you know, you get what you get. That's all I can say with regard to where we're standing in the spirit right now because God's very, very serious about what he's telling us. But when God told us that some of them aren't of him, he said, let me deal with them. Okay. And we do exactly what God tells us to do. Exactly. And only what he tells us to do. But the people that he tells us are of him, we're allowing God to walk us through this battlefield because some people just want to fight like junkyard dogs. And God knows that. He knows the heart conditions of the people. And he's like, okay. I went to Georgia about three years ago. And I was battling this Balaam. There's still a Balaam. There will always probably be a Balaam because they're so steeped in bitterness of soul. And they full of, they're full of hatred. They truly are rep, rep, indicative of a rattlesnake. Um, and they are poisoning a lot of people right now. But the Lord told me, and I expected to go get a rebuke when I went to Georgia. You know what the actual sermon was about? It was about Samson. When the Philistines attacked Samson for no reason after the father-in-law that he, of the woman he thought he was going to marry and married off the woman to somebody else, to another Philistine. And so Samson went and attacked their people. With the ass's jaw. He defeated them all. Killed thousands. And the sermon's title was. You started it. I don't start fights. I'm a peacemaker. But I'm not going to run. If you come and bring that crap to my door. Because God gives me the right. Esther 8 to defend myself. And so God will start kicking your butt. All over the battlefield. If you bring that stuff unjustifiably to his people's door, because can't nobody teach a soul a lesson better than Jesus. Ain't nobody. And that's not bullying and harassing. That's called defense, self-defense. It's in the Bible. And it'll cost you. You'll reap what you sown. So the people that are falsely accusing me of that are the ones who are actually the perpetrators. And you know, and God knows who you are. You'll reap what you've sown. I agree with the Lord on that. If two of us agree, we can ask God for anything and he'll do it. We're asking God. Defend us, Lord, because can't nobody teach you better than he. But you're his business, not mine. Which brings us to trying to be peace-loving people. I love peacefulness. I value my peace. I tell our teams, don't come in and mess with my atmosphere of peace. I like peace. Don't, because if you push me in that corner, you're going to see a side of me that you don't like. I like peace. I ask are people to dwell together in unity. If you evolve with your brother, get your butt up and go deal with your brother. I make them do these things. I actually make our people practice the Bible. Can you imagine that? And they cringe. So they stop getting into all these little skirmishes with each other because they know that I will force them to walk it out because the Bible tells us to do certain things. Just can't nobody teach us all a lesson better than Jesus. It teaches us, if we practice the word, it teaches us to walk in love. It teaches us to practice peace. But for a soul that doesn't like peace, that's just a junkyard dog that's been in survival mode all of its life. It's had to fight for everything. They've got the mentality of everybody's against me. Uh, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to go eat some worms. If, you're, if you think that everybody's against you, then everybody will be against you. If you're looking for a fence, you will find it around every corner. But for the heart who's looking through the eyes of Christ, you're going to see things the way God sees things because his perception becomes your reality. Your false fake holy stops being your reality. Your bitterness of soul dwindles and you actually 
get a heart change, a heart condition change. Imagine that. Practicing the word actually works. And so peace-loving people have actually healthier lives. And this is what happened in Israel's day. So in order to stay aligned with love, we're going to have to do things love's way in order to reap a good harvest long term. And I believe these are just the challenges of these end times that we ministers deal with, that ministries deal with. But each test we go through has the ability to tell us something about ourselves and the Lord, if you're listening. Are you listening? Are you looking and are you willing to look at yourself? Are you so full of arrogance and pride, by the way, that goes before fall, um, that you trip yourself up around every corner? Because we have to watch counsel. We have to watch who we're connected to. And by the way, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, really knows the Lord. And some of you surround yourself with just yes men, <clears throat> people that are afraid to tell you the truth. I've said this many times on this program. This is not an hour where you want to surround yourself with yes men. You want to surround yourself with truthful men and women of God who aren't afraid of telling you the truth. They don't care how big you think you are, how big your platform is. They couldn't give a rat's rear what you thought. They're just loyal to God. They don't care anymore. They're like, I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. Go by yourself if that's the way you want to behave. Most of you probably will. Some of you probably will, not most, some. Because you're too arrogant and prideful to actually admit your own shortcomings. And you know what's really sad about that? By the way, I've seen this in my own family. I love them, but I'm going to shoot straight up. Why does God have to take you through hell and deep heartache to break your heart, to get you to look in a different perspective about a matter? Why? Why does it take so much? For some of you, it's beyond stupid. Beyond stupid. And I just keep sitting back over here thinking, okay. Okay, I'll just mind my own business over here. That's the hour we live in. And some people, it just takes a while. Some people are just so rock-headed. My dad used to tell me that all the time. When I was younger, when I was young and dumb, I always call it young and dumb, he'd say, Melissa, you are so hard-headed. He goes, God, don't make God take you through a lesson of crushing you. Don't do that. Because you want to fall on the rock. You don't want the rock to fall on you. And I was like, rocks fall on people? The Lord will. He'll crush you into submission. He will crush you. He will break your heart. He will bring the most and allow the most heartbreaking situations around your hard-heartedness if you refuse to change and be changed. <clears throat> Which can be very painful. Very, very painful. So in order to stay aligned with love, we have to do things love's way in order to reap a good harvest long term. Lest we stay stuck in the flesh and in the spirit of religion. <clears throat> and it's important to be careful who we seek wisdom from. You seek it from above first. <clears throat> Pardon me, please. And then you allow God to order your footsteps to the right counsel. Truly operating from a spirit of love. True love comes from people. True wisdom comes from people who aren't yes men. My best friends, 
are telling me, they tell me all the time. One of them in particular says, Missy, you and I get along just fine as long as you don't get, come in between me and my relationship with God. I'm like, Ooh, okay. So, and that even comes when they're counseling me. Don't come in between my relationship with God. If you, you sought me for counsel, you thought I heard the Lord. So don't sit there and make excuses and try to interrupt my relationship with the Lord when he's counseling you in that moment. Accept the truth that he's given you and apply the changes. Deal with it. Deal with your own pride, your own emotions, and get over and get on with it. You'll be better for having humbled yourself in the long run. But this is not an hour when you want to challenge God. If you're seeking him for wisdom, how to overcome, how to step into your new tomorrow, whatever that tomorrow holds. Because true love is where true wisdom resides. So leadership for this hour. The true kind of leaders God is looking for in this hour. And this is straight out of my Bible today. You can go follow what I teach and preach on out of the 365-day Bible online audio free. Go check it out. And, and you can follow what God gives me prophetic directives for the front runners on. But the true kind of leaders he's looking for. He's looking for honest, <clears throat> honest leaders. They're honest with themselves and others. He's looking for ability in leaders. He's looking for a fear, a holy fear of God. And check this out. People with a hatred for covetousness. What was out of the word today? It's not my words. It's out of his word. This isn't a biased conversation when you listen to me. It's not my perspective. This is just only what he's saying. And so if you don't like what God has me telling you, someone's wrong. Someone's wrong. And you can keep going down the pathway you're on, trying to prove me wrong or trying to prove him wrong. I don't care if you prove me wrong. But if you prove, try to prove him wrong, you're making, you're making a horse's patoot out of yourself. <clears throat> because he's always going to win every time. Truth will always win. Are you listening? Because this is what Moses had to contend with when he was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. And he got really frustrated with them because many chose not to change and be changed. Just like the people of Korah, when God allowed them to be swallowed up by their own disobedience. So read the Bible. It's in there. The disobedience will cost us mightily, especially you leaders, Moses. God's saying, don't pull a Moses in this season. Quit striking the rock. But allow God to bring you even closer to himself. Allow true counsel in, as hard as it might be at times. Because none of us have this all figured out. None of us are tell-all be-alls. No matter how long we've served God, we've now entered into a season where we will either do things God's way to advance or stay stuck. And that is a so saith the Lord. Matthew 15, 15. Which brings me to Matthew 22, 34 through 23, 12. And it's talking about true authority through Christ, even if you lack integrity. You can look like you operate in authority by using the word of God. I found this very interesting, by the way, that God would bring this up. Because I've been waiting for him to put his finger on some things, and now he's finally doing it. Because we've been having people pray the word of God against us for like the last seven years, all these Balaams, and they think that they're getting away with it because they're, they think they've got people duped into things that they're operating in true authority. All they're doing is using the word of God. That's the only authority. And so unless somebody knows how to pull their words down because they're an evil king, queen, or a priest, 
See, a true prophet's words will stay. It will stay standing. God will back their words. If you're not a true prophet of God, if your heart is wrong, if you lack love, you use God's word without his permission. God didn't say it. it has to fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 37 to 38. So except <clears throat> if you're an evil king, queen, or priest, and you lack integrity, you have zero authority. You just got yourself convinced for a short time or a short season that you're okay with God because you've been illegally using his spirit. God is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. And the word was God. So God didn't say what you're saying and praying. It has to fall to the ground. That's for you wonderfully loving leaders out there. Start utilizing that against these spiritual schizophrenics. He refused to change and be changed. Get your atmospheres cleaned up through macro micro spells that have been released through the occult. Pull them down. They use the holy with the unholy. And so do these religious people stuck underneath the apparatus of religion. They're using strange fire. Take authority over their words. And if God didn't speak it, command him to fall to the ground. Clear your atmospheres. Get your words up into the third heavens. Let's get this thing moving and get our country back. Hallelujah. It's why it's important to find out what God is saying about any matter that concerns us. If you're too arrogant and you think you're God, you think that you know all about everything and everyone, God's saying you get what you get. And I will humble you in this hour, says the Lord. A lot of people are fixing to fall. Watch big leaders thinking they got it all. Some have even duped their believers. Have a lot of innocent sheep following a lot of nasty platforms, getting their hearts polluted right now. God's saying, I'm cleaning it up. They're fixing to fall right before your eyes, and you're fixing to be in shock. It's fixing to send the sheep scattering. Watch. Watch. Because our Lord's standard is that we preach and practice his truths. But when we lack integrity, but instead practice hypocrisy, it makes the vessel lose respect from those around it who do everybody sees who people really are if someone knows your background they've worked with you in the past they know exactly what's in your heart and you're so busy trying to shut them down because they see you for who you are they know what you're like behind the scenes <laughs> and they know what a rattlesnake you've been and hide for who you are and I'm not being nasty by saying this. I'm sick and tired of the church hiding the elephant in the room. Remember, God said he was going to deal with the elephants in the room this hour. I never thought I'd be a participant in the matter, being able to expose them. But that's what they're afraid of. They're trying to shut down the real prophets of God because they know that you see them for the rattlesnakes that they really are. You've seen their heart conditions, prophet, <clears throat> you true prophets out there. And now it's time for you to rise up like the lion of the tribe of Judah. God says, I'm fixing to call you out by name. And I'm going to destroy. It's going to just decimate everything that you thought you could pull over on my people. We all die for lack of wisdom and understanding. When you choose to stay in a spirit of death <clears throat> because of your own religious spirit, your own heart condition. Judgment's at your door. God said he was coming this, this year. Truth is in the room. So is judgment behind it. And lack of integrity erodes the character of that heart <clears throat> and does untold damage to others. Hypocrisy blinds people where they fail to hear truth and see themselves, the Lord of love, and others through their own eyes of hypocrisy. That's what the Pharisees did. They were hypocrites. <clears throat> It's also what Satan does. 
You're serving a different master. Trust me, these people are serving a different master. They're not serving the Lord of love. How will you know my people by my love? The hypocrisy is blinding. And the God, the little G of the Pharisees, is not the God of the Bible. He's not the God of all grace. He's the God of the flesh. The demon that drives the vessel to commit unthinkable things, all in the name of the father of lies. It's not in the name of the father of love. That's a lie. Because the God I know, the Jesus I know, who's the Lord of my life, <clears throat> would not ever do that. He runs in to protect me from people like that. He does it every day, all day. He's the one that's been sustaining us. I give him all the glory for it. He's been our defender all the last seven years. Through all this persecution, I thank the Lord for his goodness. For standing up against all these things that he's trying to set some of you free from. But I do, I thank him because had it not been for him, we would not be here. And he has so proven to us the might and the power of a holy God. Can't nobody protect me like my God. So I've seen it in front of me. I've seen it the last seven years and I rejoice over it. For the sake of keeping peace, because he's kept my heart in perfect peace as my heart and mind have been stayed upon him. And a little easier sometimes than as opposed to others, but he's proven himself true every time. So you see, if you're religious, you're serving the wrong God. And this God will get you sent to hell as you enter into the Lord, Lord conversation. I'd be thinking hard, long and hard about that. I don't think the church has really thought about that because they haven't been taught to. A lot of people have been raised underneath this apparatus of religion. And now as they're losing firepower, they're thinking, what's wrong? And this is what the enemy meant to have happen, by the way. It's what's going to cause the great falling away. That's what causes the great falling away when people think, where did God go? Why did he stop answering my prayers? It's, the conversation shouldn't be, where did God go? <clears throat> but where did you get misaligned? And are you willing to realign with truth and allow God to course correct your heart in a few things and heal and deliver your heart of a few things, mainly from out from underneath this fake apparatus of fake holy religion, Jezebel, manipulation and control, where a lot of you have gotten to be your own little G. You've stayed in the flesh. You've lost firepower. Do you really, really think that I would volunteer to preach a message like this? knowing all the persecution I've been getting for doing it. I had no idea he was going to have me do this. He's been having me. It just segued into this the last three years. I'm thinking, really, guy? He told me, I'm going to have you talk to these people. I thought, no, 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 Lord. Send somebody else. He said, no, Jonah, go. Go, Jonah. Jonah don't want <laughs> to. That's what I told him. Jonah don't want to. He said, go, Jonah. Okay, but you know they're going to turn back. Okay, Jonah, let's <laughs> set you free from a few things too. I hope you do, actually. I'm in a place right now in my walk. I do hope you get free because I love you. My heart really does want to see a lot of people free. I'd love it. God meant for us all to be standing shoulder to shoulder in a battle line, going full throttle, full throttle frontwards against the enemy. But there's now a little smaller pack because a lot of people have chosen to stay back. They've, they've not stepped up into kingdom power for the hour. 
And they backtracked, says the Lord. <clears throat> Jonah stopped. <laughs> Jonah stopped rebelling. That's all I can say. Didn't have a choice. But you know what this represents, by the way? Because the Pharisees worshipped a different god. Not just then, but now. There's no difference between the Pharisees in Jesus' day and the Pharisees now. But it's because they were blind to themselves. And the most important thing to them was being right. That's what a junkyard dog gets in the fight for. Because they've majored on the externals but never saw the rottenness of their own heart. They were rattlesnakes. And they've represented the underneath grimy part of God's shoe. I see this in leadership. I see this in the church. If you could sit on this side, which I never knew existed, of the church, instead of on your side from just listening to messages and seeing what's actually going on in the background of churches, God says, this ought not be so. And matter of fact, God is telling you leaders, you better clean this crap up and get your bodies into order or I will disperse your sheep. Because order starts at the head and it trickles down like the order, like the oil on the beard of Aaron. But when you allow this type of hypocrisy to abound and you allow it to permeate and poison your sheep, God says, I'm not going to allow them to sin underneath you. You're not a good representative of who I am, says the Lord. And so just like God told us to keep the devil under our feet, Lord's saying, I'm commanding you to do so too. So we're called to do the same. Sometimes with those stuck in the flesh, it's all about who you're connected to, their roots and their fruits. Do you watch who you're connected to? You become who you hang around. So through prayer, though, the Pharisee lives in a lot of hypocrisy. And I also want to make them aware of one other thing because I'm aware of their background. And I don't think you guys are aware of how your behaviors fat, uh, affect your background. And it's all because of seed sowing. You understand we all live by a season of seed plus time equals harvest. That's per Kenneth Copeland. I'll slight source in. And it's very true. You either sow good seed in every season or you sow bad seed. You understand that? What does bad seed consist of? It consists of bad prayers. It consists of bad words. It consists of bad actions. It consists of anything not of love. You reap what you sow. What type of harvest are you sowing? I'll preface this part of the conversation with that. But the Pharisees have no idea the reason why their lives are so hard and impoverished is because they're bad seed sowers. So they move from bad harvest to bad harvest and their unwillingness to change. No wonder they're so bitter. Really? It's self-inflicted stupidity. <laughs> Who'd want to stay there? And then they have the audacity to feel sorry for themselves. Oh no, everybody loves me. Nobody, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to eat some worms. And it's just like, you, you're, you're choosing to stay in this mindset, in this behavior pattern, when you could totally just maybe let God tweak a few things in you and deliver you of a few things, and you would be so joyful. Life would change so dramatically for you. You would actually have your dreams met. But some of you are so so used to Jezebel 
and you are so convinced that it's okay to be your own little G. It's okay to play your own God. But it's not taking you anywhere. People hate being around you because they hate your manipulation and control, not to mention your narcissism. That spirit tracks right along with Jezebel. The bitterness of soul. And so it's hypocrites that always close the door to blessings. And then they defile everyone who touches them because they fail to know the Lord of love. I think that's sad, man. I think that's incredibly sad. And my heart does go out to these types of people because some of them are so entrenched in their mindsets and in their family cycles, this, these generational cursings, that they don't know their head from a hole in the wall. And when you try to talk to them, they're like, they'd die. They would die for dysfunction. <laughs> they would do it. They call religious the Lord, but they would die for that apparatus of dysfunction. We're going to lay our lives down and we're going to call it holy. We're going to call it holy. All in vain. I call it fake holy, by the way. It's all fake. It's all to get you duped in a lie. So you don't know the truth from the lie. Because it's all you've ever known. And then they get so fearful when anybody touches that that dysfunction, they rear up on them like a dragon. Don't you talk about my God. Okay, dokey. I won't talk about your little G. I'm just going to tell you, he lost the fight. Have you read the end of the book? We win. You're not on the same team as I'm. Have you ever considered a few things? And then they get mad at people like me or people like you who are blessed. Like, how did you do that? How did you come out of that? They know the trials and the testings you've been walking through. How did you do that? You want to know how you did that? <laughs> All by the grace of God. Psalms 27, 7 through 14, that God smiles on his loving saints. God's made his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. We all must go beyond just seeking God's help. We have to press forward into seeking his face, resting at his feet, getting to know the God of the universe. And a lot of people, if you tell the average church person this who's in their flesh, they're like, I don't got time for that. I'm busy. I've got a family. I've got, I've got a job. I'm in ministry. Oh, help us all. <laughs> help those sheep. Sound the alarm. <laughs> what do they call those things? Sound the megaphone. Come out of the building. Come out of the building now. <laughs> there is no leadership there. You're being led by a foreign entity. <laughs> okay. So we all must go beyond what we've, where we've gone before. Like in Star Trek. Go beyond where you've gone before. What was that? <laughs> I don't know what they call that. But God says, if you want to know the truth about God's people, why people are blessed, why God's true people are blessed, and you're so jealous of them, if that's you, Pharisee, um, because God says, I've made my face to shine upon them and be gracious unto them. But nasty, bitter people I hold far from me. They're not mine. That's not the heart of the Lord. That's not the heart of love. That's not a characteristic of God's spirit. You'll know them by my love. And these people, if you want to know the truth about Pharisees, they just put their stock in fleshly accomplishments, thinking that that would give them peace and joy. I've seen this too, which, which never comes. It never comes. Because their focus was on the wrong thing. Even leadership, a lot of these leaders I'm seeing, they've gotten involved in this for the wrong reason in a different season. And God said, that was not my focus. 
That was never my focus. My focus, love is always others oriented. It's never just about me. Love is never self-centered. It's never self-focused. <clears throat> and it's definitely not based on the externals of a person. What their social status is like, what their body frame looks like. Do you drive the right car, have the right job, have the right husband or wife? Get a life. Their focus is on God. And if they'd had God's heart, they could experience his joy. And his face would smile upon them. And be gracious unto them like they so desire without asking. So the smile of God is all we need to overcome the scowls of men. While they try to entrap you through their evil prayers and fleshly ways. But if God's smiling upon you, I just want to tell you today. This is the good news for you. Even for you leaders out there who've been persecuted. Because I know a lot of the big leaders who've been walking through this persecution right alongside of us. God love you. God love these people who are doing it to us. God bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Okay, we bless them. Good. Okay, but nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Because his smile is the glory to help you finish your race with great joy. And let me promise you, in this hour, you're the ones that are going to come out with power. You're the ones already showing up in the power of God because you chose to stay true, come out of the old and into the new. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's just coming out of my spirit. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Okay, so let me tell you about something that happened to me one time. You're going to think, you're going to cringe. My people are over here watching. They're going to cringe. I used to work with this poor girl. And I say poor girl. She was very poor in spirit and very bitterness in her. She had bitterness of soul. I won't tell you her name. <clears throat> but I started off being friends with her. And then I got to know her. And I thought, I don't like your heart condition. And I thought, nasty, rattlesnakeish. And I thought, I had to work with her. And I thought, I observed her for a while. I sat back and I observed. That's what I do to people now. I've hopefully getting, gotten a lot more common sense in my old age. But she started, this is what Jezebel does. They start bullying you, um, <laughs> Erica. But, you know, people start bullying you when you see through their hypocrisy. And even if you stay quiet, I stayed quiet. I did not offer the information that I saw. I was minding my own business. And she, one day she asked me, she said, Missy, why are you so quiet today? Just observing, just, I'm just happy to be here. Just happy to be here. Well, that turned into a full fire throttle uh, argument when this person started persecuting me. <laughs> and one day I just got fed up with it, like I am today, one person. And I'm just going to tell them. Just like I told her then, I said, it must suck to be you. It must suck to be you. Said it right in front of my boss that day. It must suck to be you. Have to wake up and face your bitter self in the mirror every day. Your bitterness of soul. Instead of tackling the depression that really plagues you and your unhappiness. Because I'm not the source of your unhappiness. I'm not God and I can't fix you. And your demand to hyper-focus on me when God smiles on me is, the, is only hurting you. <clears throat> because you're not fighting me. You're fighting my God, Jesus. I told her that that day. Who will continue to smile down upon me 
whether you like it or not, because I chose to align. I chose to walk in the divine. So these are the types of people that we're running into today. <clears throat> she got so mad that day, by the way, she got her purse and she left. She took off the rest of the day. And my boss called me to his desk and he said, Miss, Miss. I said, oh, Brad, Brad, Brad. I said, Brad, come on. We all know it. We're tired of her walking up behind our chairs and punching the backs of our chairs. Tired of her threatening that she's going to hurt me when my dad was special forces. Take her butt outside. Give her a good old-fashioned, you know what, whooping, which never hurt anybody. I said, if you want to bring it on, bring it on. I'm not afraid of the devil in you because my God will make it worth your while. But when you stand up to the true bullies of life, they don't like it when you really full of Jesus. Jesus will get tough on you. Love will get tough on you. You may not like the truth. He walked into his temple that day and he had a cat of nine tails and he whooped them up one side and down the other. He said, get out of my house. Take your brand of love with you. It's not me. And you're not selling your thievery in my house. You're not selling your wares to my people because I don't want it to poison my people. Get out. This is the type of leadership God's looking for in this hour. Do you have the backbone and the stomach to stomach the truth of it all? Because we're seeing who the cowards are and who the real heroes are. You're falling into one category or another. Those are the true heroes of Christ. Those are the true people that, do, that are in the hall of faith. Are the ones who stand up to the tyranny and call these rattlesnakes out. So you're not going to poison my people that God's given me to shepherd. I'll, I'll protect them like a mama bear that I am. And some of you have felt that as you've come into this ministry and we gave you the opportunity to change. You did chose not to. And God said, I'll escort you right on out these doors. Boom, 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 LaRue. And we'll love you the whole time. And we'll even open our doors back up to some of you willing to change. We've offered to do that this year with the public coming back in. God was doing something very specific in that hour. He is still in this hour. And he's calling us to align. Which brings us to Proverbs 6, 27 through 35. How did that woman do? I have no idea. I hope she's fared better these days. I don't know. God since moved me on. Which is what he usually does to his blessed ones. He moves you on. The test ends. The test eventually ends. This is how we're going to wrap up today on your Friday. Happy Friday. If, if you want to catch me on YouTube, go subscribe on my YouTube channel. It's called Tame Your Braino. We also have a private channel. Cynthia, if you'll post it up here, go subscribe to the private channel for Monday Night Lives. You want to be on it so you're notified when our, our instructors go live to teach you how to get your foundation built, how to get your life back, how to intercede correctly. How to know all these tips and tricks how to battle against witchcraft we're teaching you how to do it while we're getting you cleaned up through christ actually he's doing it not us he's doing it all but go check us out you can also check me out on rumble i'm on rumble for ezekiel's wheel dr melissa hood in case you miss me in case they strike me on youtube i love them this is what proverbs 6 27 35 says can a man scoop fire into his lap thank you can you put it on both? Can you mind putting it up? I think that's the private channel you put up. Can you do uh, the aim your braino as well? And then rumble, if you don't mind, please, ma'am. Um, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burnt? 
Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Thank you, Cynthia. So is he who sleeps with another man's wife or walks in hypocrisy. No one who touches her will go unpunished, meaning your sin will find you out, Ephesians 5.11. People do not despise a thief if he steals <clears throat> to satisfy his hunger when he's starving. Meaning God does have grace on the poor. He understands your plight. He knows your lot in life. He knows where you're at. Yet if he is caught, he must repay sevenfold. So it costs him the wealth of his house. So there's always a penalty for trying to do things in your flesh. I'm just walking you through this thing. Thank you so much. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. It's usually a man that covets another person's house. And it doesn't just have to be for the sin of adultery. It can be for the sin of envy. Covetousness, matter of fact, you're breaking the, the ninth of the Big Ten if you do it. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Everybody's given their portion of kingdom, 2 Corinthians 10, 13. And when you trespass on another person's land, you, it's called encroaching upon your brother's land. He's going to deal with you. He will deal with you. Blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped out. That's kind of scary. And that's proven itself to be every bit true for people caught up in that spirit. Not that there's not grace for them and forgiveness for them, but the Bible said, this is what happens. If you do this, you get this. So for jealousy arouses a husband's fury and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. <clears throat> he will not accept any compensation. He will refuse a bribe, however great it is. Meaning, the person, and I, I equate God to be that husband, by the way, for those of you committing adultery and serving this little G. Shame will always be your lot. You'll always, <laughs> I can't say what I'm thinking. I wish I could. You'll, you've ever heard of the analogy, you don't have a pot to, and that will always be your lot. That's really what comes with operating and serving little G's. And if you notice, these conversations with you are getting really honest. Really honest. You don't want to know why. If you're able to stomach them, that means you're getting healthy. Because you're realizing there are no perfect people in life. People that are just loving people. They're, they're teaching and preaching the word to you. Hopefully with a sense of humor. Hopefully I am. But they're giving you authenticity. They're telling you, if you do this, you get this. That's what God's saying. That's what he's saying. So with that, hope you guys are having a great Friday. <clears throat> got to get my dog taken care of. She's resting. Have a little babushka down. I've got to take her out and let her roam around. She's a little roamer. She's like Inspector Caluso. She likes to roam around, inspect everything. But I knew that that wasn't the time. We're going to take her out. Hope you guys are going to have a good evening this evening. Go grab yourself a bite to eat. Go have yourself a nice weekend. I'll look forward to seeing you on Tuesday, hopefully back on YouTube. Uh, on the 15-minute rev, but until then, have yourself a great weekend.